What is up, everybody? Welcome to Maybe the Real Podcast was the friends we made along the way. Uh, today in this episode, I just want to put a little disclaimer in the beginning again, uh, just to let everybody know that this is still the same Zoom call from last week. This is part two of the conversation that we had with Chase Tremaine, and uh, we actually finally started talking about Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Use and Billie Eilish's latest album that we were originally planning to talk about. Not until like the 45 minute mark. So we decided to split it into two episodes. So it wasn't really long. This one I actually cut quite a bit out because we went off topic and talked about stuff that nobody wants to hear about for quite a while. But the rest of this is all the same Zoom call. So we will talk over each other a bit and the audio quality is not great. Uh, but yeah, this is the rest of our conversation with Chase Tremaine. I hope you enjoy it. Anyways, um, this is the second time I've watched this movie in my adulthood. Um, I oh, I thought you were gonna say all time. I was like, loved it when I was a kid. Um, oh, yeah, and yeah. my my brother and his best friend had fond memories of it. So it was probably somewhere like 2010, 11 ish that we got together one night with some pizza and watched okay. it. And then I haven't watched it again until this week. And what do you think? It's great. Yeah, um, it is. It's so good. Thank you. So y'all know how. I'm trying to think of like a really great example of this. Like, so Transformers came to mind um, as like really goofy movies. Like the Scooby-Doo movies? No. Um, really goofy <laughs> movies that all of a sudden seem a little more serious once Optimus Prime is there. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah. Um, you're just going to say like movies that seem cartoony and like. No, no. Um, or maybe like, like even like, like The Hobbit would be like it seems really goofy until like Gandalf shows up and all of a sudden mm-hmm. there's like some like presence and some like austere like uh yeah. like that's this movie with Splinter in yeah. such a cool way that like yeah. Splinter is, is such a great character that just has this like this importance and this confidence and this like old sage wisdom mm-hmm. that uh like it's this goofy you know movie with these teenagers that are turtles um and these like goofy like you know ninja fights where like the only (laughs) the only heroes and the only enemies the only weapons they use are ninjas (laughs) fighting yeah but then all of a sudden like this like splinter shows up and there's just like this this like seriousness and this wisdom that kind of grounds the film even though it's this giant talking rat it's fascinating i I just looks really soft i kind of want to like pet him yeah (laughs) yeah And one of the great things about the new Star Wars films, right, is how they really leaned into practical effects and yeah. costumes and animatronics. Or Rise of Skywalker, I was really happy. Or not Rise of Skywalker, Last Jedi, yeah. They brought back Puppet Yoda. That made me actually... Yes, yes really right. Cool. Um, but there had been like a gap in cinema where like no one was doing that. Yeah. Like Where the Wild Things Are was a really unsuccessful movie I've, that I've never seen it was... It costumes yeah. animatronics even that movie like the animatronics they originally used like scared kids a little too much in the test yeah. screenings so they kind of like used more cgi than plants kind of like touch up the faces and made them look like cuter and softer this and that is, uh, oh sorry and where the wild things are was like this really like unordinary out of the blue picture mm-hmm. you know at last decade when we had just gotten used to just being inundated with cgi for everything yeah. And so it's so refreshing 
to watch a movie that is all in on like the costumes and yeah. um, keeping it real. And that's like the, the one guaranteed way to make a movie age well, you know, is to use as little CGI as possible. Um, yeah. Uh, actually, you were talking about that and it made me think the, so in 1982 the thing came out i've never actually seen it but i've heard people talk oh, about it and it's like, such a good movie yeah it's like the body horror like film where the the monster turns into people or whatever right and it's like praised for how good the like animatronics and like how good the practical effects are mm-hmm. and they made a prequel to it in 2011 and it was completely cgi and people hated it for it but yeah it was actually a, there's like a documentary on how it was originally totally all animatronic and the uh, people saw it and went no we don't like this cgi over all of it <sighs> I hate that. And so, they, so, yeah. so they pretty much they shot themselves in the foot on that one. Yeah, because, so they tried I mean, they tried the wild things thing, and then they had to CGI over it. Well, honestly, like as much as I just praised the Star Wars films, they kind of screwed with that too. Like, uh, you know, ILM Industrial Light and Magic mm-hmm. kind of put their little touches of CGI on mm-hmm. top of animatronics, and they went really overboard in a few cases to the to the point where there are some things that were completely practical like puppets and effects and they looked great like they look better in the behind the scenes footage than they do mm-hmm. in the final film because they just went overboard with the cgi and that's really upsetting yeah so uh so, turtles yeah to turtles. Uh, celebrate, to celebrate the film and to really get into the spirit of it uh i went upstairs and i made some tacos what's wrong with you <laughs> It was leftovers night. By tacos, do you mean a pizza that's been folded in half? No, unfortunately. (laughs) The crust could be... That's just a calzone, though. Did you notice, though, that there was no pizza product placement in this one? No specific brand. No, it it wasn't. But I love that the opening scene's idea of New York is just people walking around eating pizza. pizza. You're walking through the streets with the giant piece. And I guess you just order one and don't ask for a plate and don't ask for napkins and just go on your way that everyone's yeah. in such a hurry. That seems realistic. I love the guy like sticking his head out of the taxi cab. Mm. With the but holy, and that, those look so good. Yeah, it looks like the most delicious pizza ever. I like to think that in the beginning of the movie, that scene where Aquino's in the pizzeria, like when I was little, I would always make the, I don't know, somewhere in my in my imagination, I thought, oh, that's Mr. Aziz's Pizzeria from Spider-Man 2. <laughs> I thought it was the same pizzeria for some reason. Kino. So then I would like, yeah. Yeah. I I love Kino as a character. Mm. He has such a bad introduction, though. He gets kind of. I mean, he's cool because he beats up the bad guys right away. Right. So, like, he gets that, but then that's followed up immediately with, like, how does this kid who beats up six adult men then get stuck in a trash can for six minutes without being able to get out. Yeah. I mean, it could be the shock of seeing like turtle men that when he got thrown in there, he was just kind of like, I don't want to get out. Oh, you know what? Maybe this is actually a psychological drama drama. And maybe he wouldn't wouldn't grab (laughs) Mikey's hand at first. Here's, here's, here's what happened there. Maybe he thought, are people turning into turtles? And then when he was thrown into the trash can, it's like it was his shell. Oh, no. He was like, oh, no, am a I a turtle now? <gasps> is, this, <laughs> is this my transformation? Man. But, like, his but, very first lines, he, he's like, hey, which one of you babes is coming with me tonight? And they're like, ew, gross. And then he calls them all fat. Yeah. 
Oh, I missed that somehow. Yeah, he says he's, next time he said because she uh, she goes she dream said, on loser, and then he's like, yeah, next time I'll dream about something a little thinner, and then he drives off. Oh, I do yeah, remember so, that. So, so that is a kinda, good line. So kind of room. I meant to write room. that down. It's like wow, that that was the jerk part of him that I was re- uh, referring to. Like, but if you want to talk about the best quote of that movie, it's still in the beginning when Mikey's beating the dude up behind the counter, and he pops up and yells, <laughs> "Calm back, cold cuts." Did you notice that though? And then, then then he chucks the hot dogs at the dude and goes, "Next time I'll use mustard." mustard. Did you I, notice though? He doesn't even have his nunchucks on him that whole scene. No, he doesn't. They're he has not a even on his. I think yo yo. I thought they got stolen at some point, or like taken by. Well, or I think he like chucked them at a bad guy and then didn't get him back. I well, I think part of that has to do with because the big complaints from parents from the first movie, they said it was too violent and they used their weapons too much. Plus, so, yeah, it was so plus it was a set, thing in England. Yeah, in the second movie, they were like, okay, we got to have them still fight the bad guys, but let's have them use the weapons a little less. I think it's kind of stupid because they don't really use their weapons. They've never used their weapons physically to harm people. It's always been for defense or disarmament. Yeah, So I don't, sure. I don't get what the big deal was with. Um, and the thing with the nunchucks in England and Michelangelo has always been a thing in England. I don't, I don't get that. Yeah, I think it's so weird that they're fine with you walking around with a katana on your back. But if that turtle person has two 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 pieces of wood that are held together by a string oh no 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 no, no. that's bad so jacob you just said what you think the best quote in the movie is i want to uh add three other contenders to that list if i may okay i'll add mine if yours aren't mine one of them you actually quoted already it wasn't slime it was ooze (laughs) yes yep and then they're not stupid they're infants yeah, that's a good one. Okay, they're stupid infants. <laughs> and lastly, I made another funny. <laughs> yeah. The, so, like, the, the Splinter one from the first movie was one of my favorites, but yeah, yeah. You're, the I made another funny was good, too. I think I, I will interject with, hey, Mikey, can you crunch a little louder? I can still hear <laughs> out of this one. And then he goes, <sighs> <laughs> There's a... YouTube clip of somebody who edited that, so it's just like really loud right when he crunches into Raph's ear, and I cannot find it anywhere. It just yeah, oh, man. we we lost the video. We've looked for it both of us at the same time. It's so funny. I uh, did you sorry? Did you have any other quotes to add? I'm, I'm actually checking my list because I well, didn't put them in quotes, so now I don't know. I'm trying to think. Should I, I pull up IMDb real quick? I was gonna say yes. shout out to the company for putting Vanilla Ice in the movie to really solidify that '90s nostalgia feeling. But it wasn't Dude, set this in is, the '90s. It's set in the '80s. This—that's Vanilla Ice's crowning moment. Right there, and it's in a Ninja Turtle movie. Historically speaking, if it is set in the '80s, for Vanilla Ice to become as popular as he did in the early '90s, mm-hmm. that concert and that song would totally be like the reason he got the that reason. big. Yeah. Speaking of the turtles causing things, I watched a video this week on how the Ninja Turtles in the comic book universe caused Hitler to kill himself. It's canon. So in the Ninja Turtle universe, Hitler's brain survived and he becomes a Hitler robot in the future and he's running around and doing whatever. And they, they go back in time to somehow stop it. And when they go back, they meet re- original Hitler and uh, Leonardo convinces them that they are demons and he is already dead and they're here to take his soul to hell. And so he gets scared and shoots himself. So the Ninja Turtles caused Hitler's suicide in World War II. That sounds like the plot to Wolfenstein minus the Ninja Turtles. Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. That's the greatest quote of the movie. Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. I have that song on my phone somewhere. Of course you do. It's 
catchy. It's one of two Vanilla Ice songs that I know. The traditional pre-fight donut is also a very good. Mm, yeah. Uh, yes, I do love that. How about this line from April's boss when she asks, might I ask you a few more questions off the record? He responds, Miss O'Neill, my record on the record clearly shows that I have no off the record record. Make a record of that. That's that's the point. <laughs> perfect. She had like, like yeah berated all last movie. Yeah. Oh, that was that was a police chief. Yeah, that, that wasn't was her boss chief. No. Yeah. Uh, okay. 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 Because that was uh, the police chief that she berated last movie uh, and almost or got fired for it technically because he uh, had her boss's son released from prison or from. Jail, jail yeah and then said hey stop tell april to stop asking me questions and she still did it's confusing what's another quote oh yeah touchdown yeah yes <laughs> i found one that's just like all four turtles like saying quick lines in a row yeah and it's get it got it good i don't get it <laughs> yes. yeah that's then, a good one then raf punches him <laughs> and i i have to say like for four turtles that other than the color of their bandanas or whatever mm-hmm. mass, I don't know that they look identical, the scripting and the vocal delivery for the four of them really sets them apart quite nicely. Yeah. Like, you know, that Donatello is like the mature, smart one. And there was a point where I was like, man, they're acting so goofy. And then I remember the title of the movie. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. They're teenagers. Plus I, think- and remembering that makes helps make it so much more sense out of yeah. everything. I think the implication is they're only 15 because I keep saying yeah. that Ooze was 15 years ago, but yeah. also I get, we don't know how old they were before they got Ooze, so they okay. could be like 15, 16. Yeah, so there was one element of the movie that I thought was like a little bullcrap that they should have left out mm-hmm. because it does make sense that like they're teenagers who were introduced to the Ooze 15 years ago, mm-hmm. so that's why they're 15. And later on, the... The scientist says, like, I changed the formula so that the animals would be dumb infants. And it's like a moment where they're like trying to show you that the scientist isn't actually a bad guy uh-huh. and that he was trying to f- secretly thwart the plans of, of the, uh, the foot. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just doesn't make sense because based on what we know from our Ninja Turtles, that's exactly how the ooze works. Yeah. That it, it starts you out at a baby and then you, you grow up. I just I really don't like that piece of yeah. logic. Like I don't understand how that was a tweak to the formula at all. There there's actually like a scene that never got filmed where uh the scientist guy, after he picks up mm-hmm. the at the end, he was supposed to go into the bathroom and take off his shirt and show that there was an alien inside of his stomach and he was a robot. No, like he was one of the and he was that, one of the chill or whatever. Yeah, he was one of the uh uh the alien cranks. What's the dude Krangs? He was supposed to be one of the yeah. Krangs and that uh the ooze was actually made by aliens. I'm not, no, I'm not, I don't uh-huh. think that. Maybe that's because, you know, I've seen this movie since I was, since I can, long as I can remember, and changing it like that would just mm-hmm. really upset me. But I think even if I hadn't seen this movie as much as I have, I, I'm still not on board, on board yeah. with that. The Krang yeah, I think that was supposed be, to be the secret of the ooze. The Krang should have been a secret. Well, because in the original cartoon, Krang brings the ooze with him from Dimension X. Mm-hmm. That's, so that's probably where they got that source from but i feel like in the overall plot of this movie it does not yeah. fit in at all but in the original original comic the ooze that turned them into the ninja turtles was also the same ooze that blinded daredevil and gave him his powers <laughs> right yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh that's well, i think i found uh the contender for worst line in the movie look sophie those animals are knocking down the telephone poles what do we do if they come over here 
Let them get their own cab. Yeah, let them get their own cab. Yeah. (laughs) That's like, that's on par with uh, the first movie. Yes. What was that? Looked like a giant turtle wearing a trench coat. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the guy's just so nonchalant about it. And, like, you know, some of those New Yorkers, like, I live in New York. I've seen everything. Nothing gets to me, but... I really liked uh, when they when Mikey was on the a little too or whatever. So Donnie says the perimeter's quiet, and Leo says, "Yeah, a little too quiet." Then Donnie says, "Well, that was easy," and Leo says, "Yeah, a little too easy." Then Donnie says, "Look, it's Raph," and Mikey goes, "It's a little too Raph." Too- <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> the movie's got. Uh, I love all that. I I really love how they kind of maintained how. Uh, Mikey and Donnie are like best friends, and then uh, Raph and uh, Leonardo are always at each other's throats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that dynamic where they're yeah. kind of like paired off. Really treat them as characters, not just for the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. That's so good. <laughs> Little too Raph. That's 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 a good quote. I will say, like for me, like that the movie doesn't start great. Like it, it wins me over pretty quickly, especially once mm-hmm. like Splinter shows up. But that scene with all the goons that just keep coming out of nowhere uh-huh. stealing dvds players oh, stealing so tvs like how many, from a how toy many store guys, how many guys are in this little strip mall yeah well yeah like, it's a toy store i don't or yeah. it's a strip mall i don't think it's just a toy store well, and yeah, it's just, i don't know there's the, the fight choreography is just really goofy for me and, I th- yeah i think that's kind of the point though like when donatello pretends he's one of those uh He's like, like a mannequin guys. thing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. mannequin punching. And then he guy. like sticks his arms out and like Frankenstein's the dude and scares him. Yeah, or the fact that uh, Mikey is actually able to knock out like six guys with a yo-yo. Yeah. Right. And this around one's called world. Around the World. That's that's why I was <laughs> comparing this more to like the Scooby-Doo movies because it felt yeah. more like a cartoon just filmed in live action. Yeah. So you're not really using the live action rules. Right. I will say, yeah, that, that uh, I think the, the worst part of the opening is how, like, everything that the turtles do just distracts the bad guys. Like, they're trying to beat up these turtles, right? Mm-hmm. But he's like, well, let me walk the dog on the yo-yo. And they're like, yeah. they're just, like, staring at it like, what? <gasps> what sorcery is this? But also, what, also, when Kino shows up at the very beginning, the first guy pulls his pantyhose up and then looks at him directly, taking off its, his disguise. So you can assume mm-hmm. that they're all really stupid goons. Yeah. If that's what, are you, reaction, what are you, night security? Yeah, is to take off his disguise and show you his face, then they're pretty stupid. Pretty. Well, the, well then Kino's even stupider because he goes, no, I'm just pizza delivery. <laughs> <laughs> pizza time. Oh, pizza time. Oh. Yeah. So did the, did the Ninja Turtles go help him because uh, they were worried about him or because he was late with their pizza? I think, so they actually said, we saw you from across the street. Yeah, so, but they wouldn't have seen what was going on inside because it was down underneath. No. Well, they could have seen the guys bringing stuff up to the van because their vans were parked uh, up there where they're putting boxes into. So they could have been watching for who knows how long. Right, so, so, so Kino you know, only walked over there because it seemed fishy that these two vans mm-hmm. had all this stuff flowing out of them. So the turtles could have theoretically put the same thing together. But I think what first drew their attention to it is like, that's our guy with our pizza. Why did he walk across the street, and now why is he disappeared for a few minutes? Dang. I was kind of just hoping they're like, our pizza's late. Let's go beat this guy up. So I, I, I think that's mostly it. I think yeah. that's the number one reason. I was originally going to question how April has such a nice apartment and how they're able to afford pizza every night. But in the last movie, she gets a really big raise from the guy at the end because 
he, she's yeah. like right about the. Flip she's now she's like the highest paid reporter in New yeah, York. Yeah, she's City. the highest paid reporter in New York City, according to the end of the last movie. So that's I guess it makes sense. That's sexist. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just I think, meant more like on a reporter's salary and less on a women reporter's salary, but I mean... I think the most random part of this movie, like the the movie, uh, I think the plot device is what I'm trying to say, is when the turtles are in the net and they're about to get, they're about to like get, get impaled on all the sharp things. And um, you're kind of sitting there like, oh, how are they going to get all this one? And Splinter shows up with a bow and arrow <laughs> and shoots the net down. And then yeah. he just goes... Then he just goes, Kawabunga, and just leaves. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't even help. He just goes yeah. away. Yeah, I think he's, uh, that's the that's best. a little dumb too when you think about how uh, Leonardo has swords on his back. Yeah, and he's like one of those. See, I didn't even think about that. That's, that's like one of it's like in Episode Six of Star Wars when they're in the net and looks like Han, can you reach my lightsaber? And then R two just pulls out the little buzz saw and cuts yeah. him down. The uh, it it does seem funny that like there's this disparity between how good their ninja skills actually are. Mm-hmm. That like one of my favorite little moments of, of the movie is where Kino's in the last test to join the foot. Yes, and there's that oh the, the bell thing the yeah. shield that goes up to get the bells without moving, and like Raph comes in and shows how great of a ninja he actually is by getting all the bells, giving them the Kino and, and deducing without anyone noticing. Like that is just like this really cool moment to me. I that's probably my favorite moment in the film. And uh, but like you have that compared to them, just walking blatantly into enemy grounds. Yeah. Not trying to be ninja like and hiding at all. Raft walking right on top of a net. Yeah. And then just getting caught and not knowing what to do. Like it's like, eh, seems a little. The the last (laughs) problem the last problem I have with this movie, which you know that's okay. So the. Splinter showing up randomly with the bow and arrow. That, that's yeah. one thing. The th- second thing is like the final quote unquote battle when they're on the dock. Mm-hmm. So Shredder drinks the last of the ooze and so he mutates, right? Uh-huh. And his clothes he, mutate with yeah, him. Why, why I was going to say that too. I think it would have been really cool like if they just like hulked him. Like he gets huge, his clothes rip, he's just giant ripped. That would have been just as cool. But and also then, Super, Super Shredder's design is amazing. It's yeah, so cool. I love the it, it character no, design, it ma- but it's wasted on it makes you know, zero two sense. Like It makes zero sense. And then <clears throat> and he, he ends up killing himself. Yeah, he kills himself because he gets so angry he tears the dock down. Yeah. But I was also, really surprised they didn't bring but, him back again, honestly. But, but also, if regular Shredder survives getting compacted in a garbage truck, why does Super Shredder die from a bunch of wood falling on him? Yeah, I'm assuming it must have because been... Because plot. Yeah, I'm assuming it uh. must have been something with the ooze. Like, since he drank it, it probably partially killed him, too. Because it looks like his hand's regular yeah, like, size at the end, right when he breaks out yeah. and then dies. So it could be, like, the ooze it was like a partial. Mu- it was like a partial mutation. Yeah, And the ooze does make humans blind, right? Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that's, why he, that's why he was angry. He couldn't okay. see... Speaking of the ooze, though, this movie has given me so many like, like I don't even want to, I don't know the uh, the teenage mutant ninja uh, dandelion that they break. Yeah, mm-hmm. that I, I want to. He's called the teenage mutant ninja dandelion. I want to eat one of those. The way that he breaks it off, I can only imagine what it's just like. You just go crunch, bite, and just crunch. That's some good ASMR. And I don't like ASMR. I really want to drink some of the ooze because when it goes through that tube. And it looks like, like seed empty. It looks, like, looks, like looks like I was like, that kind of looks tasty. Tubes. It it's like probably like milk. nice and thick, like a uh, like a milkshake. I think it'd probably be tasty. Except I guess like, Shredder probably, knows. It'll probably give you radiation poisoning. Yeah, Shredder knows. It would make me really big and make my shirt 
more evil somehow. How is the uh, mixture, their, uh, the antidote or whatever, how is it an ice cube but baked into a donut? I- I'm guessing they just shoved the ice cube into the donut after the fact. Yeah, I, I imagine donuts. that they... They just bought the donuts. From I don't think it's an ice cube. I think it's like a little gel container of the so? antidote. Because yeah. it looks like the shape of like an ice cube tray. I so I assume so. they just stuck it in a tray and froze it. Um, I want to eat whatever they were cooking up in, while they're making the antidote because he dropped pizza in it. So I'm assuming it tastes like pizza. This movie uh, actually question, made me question my morality for a very long time because uh, the guy uses a Bart Simpson cup and I was always told the Simpsons are bad. And I always saw that and I was like, look away. We can't see the Simpsons in this household. <laughs> yeah, that was what, what it was like in my house. My parents, when I was younger, I was not allowed to watch The Simpsons. Or family it's guy a, same. So you see the simpsons cup and you just instantly think this is sin and then like i got to like middle school and i started hanging out with friends and we watched the simpsons all the time i'm like this is hilarious i don't know why my parents hate this so much oh i'm still not a big fan of the adult animation stuff but that's just because i think a lot of it's stupid i mean earlier and you could watch this on disney plus but uh the the short that was in front of pixar's onward uh-huh was actually like this five-minute Simpsons film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's dialogue-free. Wow. And it is a masterpiece mm-hmm. of like dialogue-free storytelling comedy. Like, yeah, yeah, dialogue-free short-form comedy. It's it's just so good. Did I think you... it's called like Maggie's Playdate, maybe. Mm. It's brilliant. Oh, yeah. The the Playdate with Destiny or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, um, I've, I've seen good things about that. How loud was that guitar to blow uh, Shredder like 40 feet? <laughs> Through a wall into the outdoors of a uh, venue. It's, it's probably like turned up to twelve. <laughs> yeah, it's probably like the beginning of Back to the Future when Marty turns the giant amp up all the way. But that was made by a genius man, and he was, it was like experimental. This was just a Vanilla Ice concert. Vanilla, you gotta have that boom and bass. You could call Vanilla Ice's music experimental. Boom and bass is a really good transition to the Billie Eilish album because uh, because. I'm, when we this decided album, what this episode would be about, we chose things that really go together quite nicely. Yeah, they do. Boom and bass. Uh, I was. I am not the target demographic for this album, and it is one hundred percent obvious when I listen to it. The uh, the bass about or the bass did give me a headache, and that's like I listen to metal and like stuff like that. Like loud music doesn't did bother you me. Try listening on like different headphones or different speakers. I had. I listened to it with my headset while I was playing Fortnite. <laughs> I listened to it, and then I, I've listened through it through my. Uh, I got Samsung headphones, and I listened to it with my Bluetooth headphones. And the you bass, told me you wouldn't say the f word on this episode with me. I didn't tell you I wouldn't say it. Fine. What's the problem with Fortnite? I just literally know nothing about it, so I just <laughs> okay. didn't want to be a guest on an episode. I just didn't want to be a fly on the wall for you to talk about the, something. Welcome to the Fortnite show where we only talk about Fortnite. So, how was that Travis Scott concert, guys? I'm glad that you don't take the stance of like I don't I've never played this thing so I hate it because that's like that that bugs me because like if people have like experienced it and don't like it I totally understand that because sure. I've done that with a lot of stuff but like I genuinely enjoy it and I don't really play video games a lot like it's just something I enjoy and it makes me sad when people are just like this is stupid because I've never played it so you didn't like the Billy Eilish album. <laughs> I listened to it though. Um, Did you finish the whole thing? Yeah, I, I listened to it twice. I listened to it once while actually playing, and then I dedicated like listening to it. And um, like the Zanny song, mm-hmm. the bass like it honestly gave me a headache when it comes in, and I was like, I don't think I was meant for this. And then it's kind of there's so much bass and so much of the quit making that face. Mm-hmm. There's so much bass and so much of the album, and it's just like I'm kind of especially towards the end. 
I just kind of got sick of it too. Like at the beginning, I kind of understood and I was like, oh, this is how it's going to work. And then towards the end, I was like, oh, this is never going to stop. I, I think I can compare this not in terms of what I like better, but mm-hmm. in terms of album quality, I'm going to compare this to the Black Album. Solid first half no. of the album. Second half, no. Oh, the Black. I was thinking Welcome yeah. to the Black Parade at first. No. No, 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 no. The Black Parade is good all the way through. You mean the Black Album as in the Metallica album? Yeah. it's it's. This is a Black Album for me because the first half of it, yeah, it's it's pretty solid. Second half, it just really dropped off for me. I, I dropped I'm myself. Actually, I'm actually going to say the exact opposite. I thought the first half was too much, and I liked how the second half was more just like... Kind of milling out. I figured no like, like, the, like the last two songs would probably be your favorite because um, you didn't like the openers. Uh, the last song I kind of didn't like. Okay. The uh the lyric uh, the lyrical and melodic uh, callbacks to the album kind of made me feel weird. Like that's the best way I okay. can explain it. Like sure. when she goes, "I'm the bad guy," and then she sings some of the other lines. I'm just kind of like, I understand what she's going for here. Sure. But this is kind of like, uh... and I tend to like uh, closing tracks that reference the the album. I enjoy the cohesion that that brings, like, but that can also like feel very forced. Point. Yeah, I like yeah. it to a point, but I feel like this felt a little forced because it was like just a good like 15 seconds of just lying yeah. back to back from the other songs. Sure. I um, honestly would say Listen Before I Go would have been a good album closer. But then I also I get why she didn't okay. really end it on that song yeah. because it's like about somebody wanting to kill themselves or whatever. Right. So I, I, I just she didn't end on that. I think like of, of everything that she establishes early on, the the last two tracks mm-hmm. are, are, they, are this cool way to end this album with like, uh, I'm not just... The person who's saying "bad guy" at the front of this album, yeah. I'm, I can do the regular songwriter thing, yeah, in a way that feels earned and mature, and yeah. like kind of really ties the whole album experience together quite nicely. Yeah. yeah, and for sure, the the lines in "Goodbye" don't like, it doesn't make me hate the song by any means, but it just kind of like it pulls me out just for those couple of seconds, and it just kind of makes sure. me, oh yeah. Um, I actually really liked what is it? I don't even know how to say it. Ilo Milo. Uh, I think it's supposed to be like a text acronym or something. I L O M I L O. Sure. I, I think it's like I I I love something. I think. I don't know, but I thought it was really neat. Um, it wasn't like straight up ballad like the other like the pretty much the last three songs are. Yeah. Like it had some of the weird elements in it, but I really liked it. I really liked the like the toy piano type sound in the background. Yeah. I feel kind of lonely by you, while also there was the weird sense going on, and I liked the melody a lot. So I yeah. I, I liked that. What did you think of eight? Kind of really eight. okay. Like in all honesty, I heard yeah. it and I went, "This is terrible." And like just for me, like I'm not saying like subjectively, but I'm saying I, I heard it and I, went, I don't I ever want to listen to this again. I I didn't like eight, um, but there was eight, parts of it was that were good, but yeah, eight and uh, all girl, all good girls go to hell. I did not like. Um, good girls go to hell. I don't like just because of the the lyrics in it. You know. Personally, sure. don't don't agree with that. Um, you know, mm-hmm. that that's just people's stances on the issue. So yeah, that that's just a personal thing. Musically, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. But, I, I was actually gonna say that uh, all the good girls go to hell. I actually like if you just kind of just sit there and listen to it like as music. It's like this is actually kind of like this is catchy and I enjoy this. But then you're like these lyrics are a little weird though. That that's know. like the same issue I have listening to. Uh, some Marilyn Manson stuff because like I'll listen, to Marilyn, <laughs> yeah. I'll listen to some Marilyn Manson stuff because like okay it's catchy it's got good beats it's like you know it gets me distracted from whatever I'm doing so I'm mm-hmm. like my focus isn't shifting but like one of his one of his songs the fight song like openly talks about you know saying God is God, God isn't real so that's like where I have the issue with it. it's like I like the musicality of the song 
I don't agree with it, but I don't think that it makes me puts me in the wrong for listening to it. Is what it. Yeah. Um, I would also like to mention that. Uh, so I already kind of talked to this about talked to this with talked about this too, Jacob. There we go. You know when somebody like kind of like tickles your your neck or like touches you and like your elbow or something, you do the the thing where like your shoulders bunch up. You go. Ugh. I did that during uh, Bad Guy because it was like the second time I've ever heard Bad Guy with headphones on. Mm-hmm. And her her up close to the mic, and you hear her mouth noises, and you hear like the breathing, and it's like somebody's right in your ear, yeah. whispering in your ear. I hate that. And I don't want to say I honestly went, oh, I don't want. I don't know if I can make it through this, and I yeah. almost didn't make it through Bad Guy. I you, you probably will never like that song, but yeah. I would still recommend the like the behind the scenes video that's been released for that, the recording of that song. I think maybe Rolling Stone released it. Okay. Maybe a different source, but it's basically like her and her brother, like just in their bedrooms, like talking about how they record the home. Cause the whole thing is like a self-made project, self-produced with her and her brother. Mm-hmm. Um, her brother's a great producer and they just made it at home. Um, and the amount of like perfectionism and technique mm-hmm. and like, just doing the same thing over and over again and getting all these layers and all these specific sounds like for most songs, but they, they go into that song specifically. Yeah. It's fascinating. Like there's like what might seem like, like really goofy. It's just like her just going, duh, you know, mm-hmm. might just seem like really throwaway moments, but they did like, like 20 or 30 takes of that to get yeah. like the right duh, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, and I would say with the song, like I've heard it without headphones in, and I do think it's a catchy song and I get why yeah. people like it. It's just in that moment with headphones on and the sound quality of her whispering in your ear, that's what gets me. It's, yeah. It just makes me feel uncomfortable. And, it's like sure. yeah. and I feel like another part of it too is like Billie Eilish, her music like kind of makes her perceived persona to people. And but if you uh, read interviews or listen to interviews with her, she's a pretty like she's a pretty down to earth person. Yeah, <laughs> right. And, and so, like, I think, you know, she'd be kind of, I think, honestly, she'd be cool to talk to. Um, she's obviously not, I don't think she's, like, weird celebrity. I actually, I like her stance on her whole, like, thing about why she dresses the way she does. Like, she wants people to appreciate her for her music and not, like, objectify her. Mm-hmm. I think that's um, a really interesting take. It's definitely the first take I've heard from any male or female musician, especially mm-hmm. in this day of age. Because yeah. all you see nowadays, especially from pop artists, is, like, they're wearing provocative things or they're wearing things that make you that make you want to look at them yeah that there's there's but, very few ugly pop artists yeah. yeah like just in general i actually have i have notes on like every song i was really surprised by the amount of the like background noises like the i think they were office quotes and then yeah. like the sounds of like it kind of sounded like they were playing in like a like a club or a lounge and the like studio the audience reactions and some of the songs and stuff like that i didn't expect any of that sure um i something that was really weird is i had heard bury a friend before like i'd gone to the uh i'd heard the story behind it i was like that's kind of an interesting idea for a song and so i watched the music video and that was like a couple of months ago and then i listened to this album the song sounds totally different than i remember it sounding and i don't know if it's the mandela effect or what it is right I, re- I remember the melodies being different and things like that and i don't know why so that was weird i didn't yeah i don't, I don't know if i liked that or not and that always throws me off too i've had that experience with copeland i've had that mm-hmm. with uh the fray mm-hmm. just like that yeah. like first time you hear something and it has like this profound effect and then you go back and it's nothing like you remember like oh weird Duh. so with with the fray the song how to save a life you know growing up you know i just heard the song that was always on the radio and then a few months ago i heard the acoustic version and i like had this 
this out of body experience, mental breakdown kind of thing. Cause I'm like, have I been hearing this song wrong? Mm-hmm. Like my entire life, because all of a sudden it's like, this sounds different. And then, you know, I took two seconds and actually read and then I found out, Oh, this is not the same version. So like how you really thought crazy. the black parade ended one way and then it, it does. It does. I don't think it does. I still don't know what you're talking about. Listen, uh, my vinyl ends way different than on the CD. On, on still, the CD. I still don't know if digital. I believe it, though. Interesting. So uh, I don't, I'm not a big fan of like swearing in songs because I like singing along with songs and I'm not going to like, I don't want to, I don't want to intentionally bleep myself. I don't know. But uh, I actually kind of enjoy making up different versions of lyrics that I can yeah. sing along without cussing. Yeah, I, I could see that, but I got the Walmart version of Welcome to the Black Parade for because Jacob was all into it last year. And so I was like, okay, I'll listen to it, and I got it. And pretty much all of the words are just like, there's just not a word there. They do like the rap thing where it goes, what the are you talking about? There's just like the empty space. Yeah, and, so it's funny. I actually have the clean edition of the Black Parade on uh-huh. CD as well. And are you talking about Black Parade or are we talking about like Billie Eilish? Uh, no, Black Parade, because I was going to talk about Blood the uh yeah closing the, track the, the hidden track so oh. in in the Go song ahead. he says i'm such a a nasty uh than the f word i think or something yeah. like that and he sings it out and instead of cutting the word there's a good 15 seconds of just an obnoxious bleep oh <laughs> i i was really upset with my clean version mostly because it barely removed anything it basically just like yeah. removed the f word yeah um and I mostly just wanted to hear teenagers without the mm-hmm. S word in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's still sure. there. They just, uh-huh. the clean version doesn't care. Also, so they, they keep they... an F word in, uh, this is how I disappear, I think. Because yeah. in the background, he screeches it. And like, if you don't know that's what he's saying, you don't recognize it. But if you know it's there, it's there. Funny. Which, yeah, it was disappointing. <laughs> what were you saying, Jacob? Uh, I think I was going to say something about teenagers. I can't remember what I was going to say. Something about teenagers. The teenagers oh, no, scare no, no. the living heck out of you? Yeah, so um, that kind of begs the whole thing, like, who decides what is explicit lyrics? Because if they're not going to fully censor out teenagers, which obviously has explicit lyrics, like, are they only, is that, like, up to the record label to say, okay, we're only going to consider the F word explicit, or we're going to consider any swear words explicit? Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure how who decides that. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone that actually, like, makes that official the way that, you know, we have the MPAA to, Mm -hmm. you know, say that a movie's r-rated or not yeah um like it's actually the artist's or the label's choice whether or not to put an explicit sticker on something really and really they just do that so that they don't get like so they don't get sued or yeah they don't get like outrage from so they can be like so they can be like like, we warned you yeah somebody be come to them all mad and they'd be like well it says explicit on the album that's kinda, right. Was, because oh, like uh, Master of Puppets, um, the last track, um, Damage Incorporated, they say the F word twice. There's, but a, there's that a couple of Metallica songs that they yeah. say then. Yeah. And they don't uh, have an explicit label on any of their music. That, that was what disappointed me about that. Uh, uh, how, to becoming, how to Be Human, whatever, the classic crime album. And there's the one explicit song on yeah, it. Yeah, right. And part of it was like, I don't know, it felt unnecessary. I Isn't it always? Like, that's what I was going to say. I feel like that a lot. That's kind of like my stance, though, in music is like a lot of the times I feel like if you had used a different word, it almost would have been more artistic. Yeah. In a way. Like if you can't describe how you're feeling or how you want somebody to feel without swearing in this lyric, maybe you're not writing it correctly. 
Right. And that's what I was disappointed with that. I was kind of hoping they would pull the whole uh, King's Kaleidoscope and do like an alternate take where they say a different word, but in the clean version, they just cut the word out and it's just an empty or space. Even, or even uh, what Tenacious D did with the Pick a Destiny soundtrack and just make oh it. Oh my goodness. It is so good. What do they do? Uh, they, there's they, so the, they, you go, yeah. The movie, the movie soundtrack, um, they just... They sing all the songs. They have all the swear words. Some of them are actually pretty, like, pretty explicit mm-hmm. and pretty profane. And so they, for the clean version, they re-recorded everything and they put in like really stupid words in, instead of like. Uh, That's incredible. So yeah. like uh, in the song Beazel Boss, and they're fighting the devil. Like there's a <laughs> there's a spot where where Satan where Satan like says the f word like three times in a row. He just goes ah ah ah, and then but they replace it so he goes ah. Uh, Darn, drat, fudge. <laughs> good. It's, it's uh, really Ky- good. Kyle Grass is high good. art. Or Kyle Gas is kind of cut your grass instead of yeah. Your butt. Uh, we gotta blow this mother down. Yeah. There's. It's so. It's like the songs become even more stupid, which makes them better because they're so catchy. And now the lyrics make absolute no, like absolutely no sense. It's great out of because con- they're all out of context. Yeah. You don't know what's going on. Yeah. Be proud. It's good. I really enjoyed it. Oh, um, the movie itself is really good too. It's just so stupid. It is dumb. We still we haven't watched it again. Um, oh, I was oh, also man. really not expecting that one song on the uh, Billie Eilish album to sound like a jazz. Which one? I, th- I think it's Zanny, where it's all jazzy, and then the bass just goes, and then it goes back to the little jazzy. Oh yeah, you know the way yeah. bass sounds. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's it's yeah, like intentionally gargly, sound- isn't it? Yeah, if your bass doesn't sound like somebody's ripping a hot fart across your microphone, you're not doing it. <laughs> it's a, funny because it's true. There's a poop, <laughs> there's a poop mention, but you know, that was that was really surprising. I also extremely hated the opening track where she takes her uh her, her, out and her physicard out or you hear her slurp the the spit. Oh, I'm about to throw yeah. up just because you made that noise. I'm not gonna. I heard a story once about a friend's uh like cousin or something that drank uh, out of a coke can that was full of their uncle's uh no nope. spit. It's no. Nope. Oh. I I rolled down the window because I thought I was gonna throw up while I was driving. I almost <laughs> did. It was sad. Hey, I almost made you throw up while I was driving once. Oh, yeah. Jacob's, I've had to like open the door while driving because Jacob's had two farts so bad that I've thrown like thrown up in my mouth. It was Taco Bell and it was good. And yeah. Taco Bell does not go through you in like five minutes. I don't think that's humanly possible. Rang your bell. Who said I'm human? Dong. <laughs> hey. We should have eaten more boxes. We could have the Xbox that makes the ding yeah. noise. Matter. I actually watched the video of the guy who won the Xbox, and when he turns it on, it makes the Taco Bell noise, and it makes me sad. That could have been us. That, that makes me sad for different reasons. Collectively, we, we ate bought how many so boxes? many boxes. Is ridiculous. We could have like just bought Chalupa an Xbox. boxes. Yeah, the five dollar yeah. boxes. We could have just bought an Xbox, but we didn't. They should have made them but ten dollar boxes. It wouldn't have made the ding noise though. Because it would have been an Xbox. <laughs> That's awful. I hate that. He said that it would have been an Xbox because it was ten dollars. <laughs> uh, I, I I actually bought my Xbox used from uh, uh, it was like refurbished from uh, GameStop, and I got home and I turned it on and it went vroom. And I sent a video Forza. to my brother, and he goes, "Yeah, that's not supposed to do that." And so I got somebody's Forza Racing Xbox, and it makes car noises. I'm very sorry about that. <laughs> it also doesn't work half the time. It doesn't work half the time. When I watch Blu-rays, the sound stops working. Hey, what type of Christians are spaghetti noodles? What? Mm. Ramen Catholics. 
I just made that up. Hey, what Christians thought that was funny? None. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my, my, uh, my, my brother sent me this clip of Rick and Morty earlier today. Oh, no. And Morty goes, now take me to a dragon. And Rick goes, I'm not taking you to a dragon. And, <laughs> and Morty goes on this rant. It's like, I said that I would only go on this mission if you gave me a dragon. And you said we we're going to save a lot of people. And then you were going to get me a dragon. You said, whatever. I want my dragon. And Rick goes, I'm not going to give you a dragon, Morty, because the only people that like dragons are nerds who pretend they're not Christians. Those are the guys that have those shirts from Walmart with the wolves on them, like the wolf yeah. howling and there's the fog in the background. It's all the, it's all the yeah. guys that all the guys that are angry because their parents made them go to Sunday school. Yeah, yeah that's pretty sad. <sighs> the only time I got mad at my parents because of church is when they stopped letting me bring my Game Boy to church. <laughs> they let you bring your gay boy to church to begin with up until like i was in third grade not very long ago like probably about five years ago i was sitting uh at church middle of a sunday service and this kid next to me was just like playing on a console maybe a phone but just playing a game and so i write this note and pass it to him and it just says why are you here <laughs> and he just looks at it and, like throws it and just goes back to playing <laughs> My dad and I went on a little road trip because I had to take some landscape pictures for my class. And so we're driving uh, and uh, he looks over at me and he goes, what are you reading? And I was like, uh, so I'm kind of confused how Sh- uh, Shredder came back to life after getting crushed in a garbage truck. And so I was looking up how it happened and he just kind of looked at me and laughed and that was it. Like he didn't further. And then that night he goes home to his wife and says, me and Danny had a really good talk today. <laughs> It's like, oh, what are you talking about? Shredders. Guy stuff. Back into real podcast mode. How, how do we end this? Well, speaking of things, I don't know. Um, yeah. Well, guys, thank you for uh, bringing me on the show. Thanks for being on the yeah, show. Yeah, thanks for coming, man. Maybe the real podcast is the ooze we made along the way. Is that... You're supposed to say slime, and then we correct yeah. you. Correct you, yeah. but no, you ruined it. Maybe the real podcast is the slime we made around the way. It, it wasn't was slime. It, it was, was ooze. Hello, this is Daniel from the future again, recording even more because why not? Uh, I just wanted to end this episode with a little thanks to Chase Tremaine for being on the episodes. Uh, this, like I said at the beginning, was not meant to be a two-parter episode. It was just a really long conversation. A lot of stuff had to be cut. A lot of stuff had to be condensed down. So we did two 45-minute episodes instead of one three-hour conversation that everybody would have to listen to and not understand half of it. Uh, but yeah. Thank you for listening. Um, thank you to our guest this week, Chase Tremaine. Uh, like I said last week, he just released an album called Unfall on iTunes and everywhere. So his name is Chase Tremaine. That's his artist name he uses. And uh, he has the podcast that he does called the JFH Podcast. And so, yeah, it was really great to have him on. Please check him out. And next week we should be going back to normal with just Jacob and I, at least for a while, until we find more people that are actually willing to talk to us in real life and then on the podcast. It's kind of a a thing we're working on. Uh, it's real fun. But yeah, that's all. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you, talk to you, hear you next week. Just just listen to the next episode when it comes out. Thanks. Fascinating.